0: Welcome back to another edition of Down to the Wire again with my NHL analyst, Nolan Thode. Nolan, how are you doing today?
1: I'm counting 10 episodes, man. It's yeah. crazy. Come so far. I- I'm-, I'm doing great. What about you?
0: Uh, you know, we've been having great March Madness, great weather. Uh, and actually, you know, it's a funny story. Uh, this happened, I think, like a week or two ago, but um, I was walking home from school and mm-hmm. Uh, there is this guy that you know. I was crossing the street. I was I was listening to music, uh, probably Room Five, um, and probably. yeah, probably <laughs> a likely story. And you know, he rolls down his window and yells at me like, "Hey, I watch your podcast." So who I didn't know who it was. Uh, I have no clue. I'm not going to make any assumptions because it, it was literally just a random guy, probably uh, a teenager, more so like an adult in a way, like a young adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, very, very exciting to see, uh, someone recognize me. Cause I think I had my sunglasses on and, you know, I just had, uh, my AirPods in as well. So very exciting to see, uh, if, you, if that guy's tuning in awesome, if not, you know, I'm not going to force him to, but, uh, that's, that was my weird story for sure.
1: Yeah, Shout out to the heckler. Yeah. I, whoever
0: I... just said, Hey, I watch your podcast. I was like, yeah, hey, come,
1: come on. on thank you. Right. Even though you're wearing sunglasses, I don't think that's an, enough of a disguise. You got a pretty signature. <laughs> I know. Around. getting Disguised
0: yeah. by the paparazzi. Yeah,
1: I know. I practice exactly. my signature. You're gonna have to hide in your home if we get all these fans coming up to you.
0: Exactly. But yeah, you know, ten episodes. Uh, I it, it's continuing. So this would be fun. I uh, I'm enjoying you know reading over headlines throughout the week, and we kind of you know get are getting better at it each week. So I like it.
1: Oh yeah, it's great.
0: You know, getting into the headlines actually last Monday, uh, Thatcher Demko made 18 saves in the first period, I believe, against uh, the Senators, and that actually was the most this season in a single period by a Canucks goalie without allowing a goal. So you know, the Sens having high pressure on the Canucks, trying to bang one in, but you know, Thatcher Demko, he was named this, or he is going to be named the star of the month uh for just his superb play the Canucks are now back into the north division race so it'll be exciting to see how well Vancouver plays
1: yeah exactly you know to for the 18 saves Ottawa kind of plays a style where you know they try to get everything on net they get a lot of shots in some games uh but you know no discredit to Demko like you said first start of the month he's been absolutely incredible you know uh single-handedly almost, you know, bringing the Canucks back into this playoff race. They've been missing a couple key guys, you know, Pedersen's missed some time. Uh, but, you know, he's just been solid every single game, uh, you know, giving them the best chance to win.
0: It seems like uh, this was kind of a mercy rule at this point. But, uh, you know, the Capitals won big against Buffalo 6 nothing. And uh, fortunately enough for Sabres, I guess, uh, you know, the Caps put on their fourth line and their third line on the power play. Uh, so I guess you could say that, you know, it was some sort of mercy rule to show some respect for your opponent.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, teams typically, if they're up big and they go on a late power play, they're not going to, you know, roll the number one guys. I remember last year, though, I think it was Nashville-Dallas, I'm not too sure, but one of the teams was blowing the other out, and they went on the power play, and they still rolled out their top power play, and the other coach was mad about it, came out in the headlines. So yeah, it just does kind of seem like the sportsman thing to do, to just kind of let your depth guys play the power play,
0: and it and you know, unfortunate for the Sabres fans. Uh, the Sabres have now been shut out as many times as they've as they've won this year. So they have six wins on the year, and you know they've have been shut out six times. So the worst keeps getting worse. Uh, hopefully, there are some bright years ahead. I don't know what to say. I, I'm just speechless. I, yeah. I I can't. There's not much for me to say.
1: Yeah, I know. I think we've said it all at this point. You know, they fired the coach. So maybe, maybe a little bit of a change in the culture. I think, you know, a lot of people aren't really realizing how much they're missing Linus Allmark. He was solid when they're in net. Uh, you know, they only have six wins, but only one of those is not Allmark. So, you know, just super tough for the Sabres to do anything. And, you know, this whole season has just been really frustrating for all of them.
0: And that was also the first career shout-out for Vitek Vanacek, the young Caps goalie, who seems to be a solid goalie. Uh, he currently has 100 fantasy points in our uh, league right now. So mm-hmm. uh, it seems like they'll be building around him for the future. And I know for me, uh, going into this season, that was one of the question marks uh, I had about the Washington Capitals was how good is their goaltending? Because previously, Samsonov, uh you know, didn't really prove to me that he would be – I guess, a 1B option, or you could argue that he's now the backup. Um, But, you know, it seems like Vitek Vanacek is the goalie for the Capitals to build around.
1: Mm -hmm, Exactly. I think the only question with uh, Samsonov was, you know, kind of just the experience, how much you trust him playing a lot of games. And, you know, this season, people, you know, some people thought he could handle it. Some people thought he couldn't. He ended up, you know, having a hard time with COVID and having a hard time, but he's kind of gotten back on his feet and, you know, Capitals fans have to be excited about this young tandem for the future
0: the Florida Panthers came back from a 3-1 deficit and won 6-3. At this point, they were on a four-game winning streak, and they're actually probably one of the hottest teams in the league, because if we look at their last 10, they are 7-3-0, and they're right up there, only four points back of the Tampa Bay Lightning, so you know, they aren't totally out of it, but Carolina is on their tails. Uh, You know, Florida right now has 44 points, and Carolina has 43, so, you know, there is that battle for second place there, and it seems as though that Tampa's going to run away with first in the Central Division.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, all those three teams are kind of locked for the playoffs in my eyes, especially at this time in the season. Uh, But, you know, just how the rest of the division and even within those top three will shape will be an interesting storyline. Florida's just been, you know, incredible this year. And, you know, they're just getting goals from everywhere. Obviously, their top guys are contributing, but, you know, the depth pieces are stepping up as well.
0: And I never really thought that Chris Drieger would, I guess, be better than Sergei Bobrovsky because Bobrovsky, uh, you know, he had that down, abysmal year last season. And I guess no one really thought he could recover from it.
1: Yeah, you know, it was a tough season. Everyone was, you know, laughing at the contract. Uh, But, you know, with Drieger and Bobrovsky, they kind of, you know, they're allowed to run with the hot hand since neither of them, you know, is, you know, heads and shoulders above the other. So it's interesting and it seems to be working for them so far. Gino Malkin accomplished 1,100 career points as Pittsburgh beat Boston four to
0: one. They, uh, you know, Gino Malkin had one goal and one assist, and actually that at the time was Pittsburgh's six-game win streak. And if we look currently, you know, they got a point last in the last game, uh, but you know they're seven two and one. They're again another solid team that I think will be a playoff lock. Um, especially with teams underneath them. You know, you got Boston, Philly, but Philly's slumping. The Rangers Mm -hmm. are playing their best hockey. So I, I think Pittsburgh is going to be a team to watch for in the
1: playoffs. Exactly. You know, now that we're in the second half of the season, you know, only four teams per division make the playoffs. So it's going to be super interesting. And I think the East is probably, you know, number one in my eyes, just because, you know, you talk about Pittsburgh, Boston, Philadelphia, the Rangers, you know, Only, you know, two or three of those guys are going to get into the playoffs, you know, if you're assuming Washington's going to keep it up and the Islanders have been great so far as well. So just, you know, see how that, you know, continues and congrats on Gino for uh, 1100.
0: We learned on Tuesday that the draft will go on. There is no moving back and there's questions as to if, you know, with the lack of scouting, if the draft would be pushed back. But I think because of the rules that are in place, like, you know, that would change, I guess, eligibility, um, you know, then there would be uh, contract signing uh, questions, I believe. So, you know, there, I think there is too much variables in play for the NHL to think about. So I think that's one of the main reasons why the draft will go on.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you for those reasons. You know, we talked earlier, you know, on a previous episode how you and I both like the idea of moving it back or, yeah, moving it a little bit just because give the scouts a little bit more time, give the prospects a little more time as well to, you know, prove themselves but, you know, we're going to have this draft and it's going to be super interesting. I think it'll be a really fun one to look at, you know, 20 years later once all these guys' careers have played out and just, you know, see the variety of, you know, where players are going. Uh, you know, talk about how bad Buffalo's been. It's definitely, you know, the le- the year that you want the number one pick, probably the least that I can rem- remember in the last 10 years.
0: It sucks because there's really no rules for you to defer any of your picks to next year's.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, if they, if they could... Take the first round pick next year, a little bit better scouting. I'm sure they would rather do that. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see who they take, you know, top top five this season.
0: And really, there are many players, uh, top five that are in play. You know, we talk about Owen Power here a lot in Canada, but there's also Matty Beneers, Luke Hughes. Uh, you know, there's a lot of players that could be drafted number one. Like this is one of the special years where I think since 2017, uh, there hasn't been a clear cut number one.
1: Exactly. You know, typically you, you go into the draft kind of knowing who the number one pick is going to be. And then, you know, from there on out, it's sort of, you know, making your picks and seeing if your mock draft matches up with what happens. But this year, you know, I you could even go zero for 30, 32 in the mock draft uh, just because, you know, Seattle's obviously, I think, in the draft this year. Yeah, they are. Um, just, yeah exactly. You don't know where guys are going to go. You don't know how high some scouts are on certain people. And yeah, it'll shape up in the coming months. Speaking
0: of the Buffalo Sabres, they played the Devils on Tuesday night, and it was one of the interesting games because both teams were coming in on an 11-game losing streak. Buffalo's was 11 just general games losing streak, but Devils were coming in on a 11-game home losing streak. And as we know, the Devils won that at home. And, you know, like I mentioned, the Sabres just need to do something to uh, you know, to make something good. Like the everything is so negative around there.
1: Exactly. Everything's so negative, and it's just really there's no bright spot at the end of the tunnel, really. You know, the, the team that they're putting out there right now is it doesn't look like one that's gonna, you know, win you a game. So it's tough. And we'll see how long this losing streak continues.
0: And I think New Jersey, like I love their core right now with uh, you know, Hughes, Heisher. if injured. Like, you know, the Devils are doing yeah. this without uh, Heisher, And, you know, I think uh, the Devils are going to be a wagon in, you know, a couple of se- seasons uh, with the core of Hughes, Heisher, And then you got Sharon Govich, who's been hype. Uh, you also got, I think, like, Jesper Bratt. I love Miles Wood. Uh, and then on the back end, Subban. Who can't – who doesn't love Subban? Uh, yeah, exactly. Especially from a Habs fan. Um, Not for sure. But then, I, yeah, exactly. But then you got – Um, You know, some players like Ty Smith, who made their season season uh, appearance this season. So that's definitely an exciting core for Devil's fans to be excited about.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Blackwood and Ned as well. It looks like a really exciting future. I think, you know, like you said, the wagon in the coming years, I'm really excited to see, hopefully, you know, Hughes can be that, you know, elite first line center, go out and get the points. And then Nico can, you know, maybe take a step back and be a nice second line center and, you know, develop his two way game, because I think he has potential to be, you know, maybe future Selke guy in, in, in his career. We've, we had two big
0: press conferences coming from two major Canadian clubs on Tuesday. First of all, Kyle Dubas had a press conference, said that he's mostly focused on acquiring a forward at the trade deadline, and it seems as though that it's kind of weird in a way that you're looking to acquire a forward, and we learned today that, uh, you know, the Leafs lost Travis Boyd on waivers, but Boyd wasn't really in the lineup at all, Um, Mm -hmm. but You know, it's weird that you're acquiring a forward rather than a defenseman because, like we know, the Leafs' defense kind of falls apart in the playoffs. Um, So I guess it could be potentially for bottom six scoring because I don't think, you know, Spets has been really good this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kervit's been decent, but, uh, you know, we could talk about Ilya Mikheyev who's kind of popping in and out. Uh, And then he also said that he's willing to trade a top prospect, but he also said that without hesitation. So so that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, And he also said that a rental player makes most sense due to the flat cap, but he is open to a hockey deal if it makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think uh, for me, I wouldn't mind seeing Taylor Hall come to the Leafs. Uh, Just, you know, he's been miserable in Buffalo. If he can, you know, clear that 14 day thing and go play for the number one team in the North division, I think that's something he's like he would like, you know, his whole career he's been chasing, you know, a playoff team. He's only made them once, and that was when he was the heart winner for uh, New Jersey. You know, there's just lots of options. You know, we live in Toronto area, so, you know, as soon as Dubas says that they want to trade for a forward, we're we're going to see mock trades for, you know, Sidney Crosby, Nathan MacKinnon, all these players because the Leafs fans think that they're going to get everyone, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, leading up to the deadline what Dubas actually chooses to do.
0: Well, actually, let me pull up uh, one of the Twitter conversations I had with a Leafs fan. And this was really odd. So um, I I tweeted out, I was responding to uh, Chris Johnston's uh, tweet. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I, I'm just pulling up right now. And, you, you know, he Chris Johnston on March 20th, right? That's when Jack Campbell uh, shut out the Calvary Flames and, you know, Chris Johnson said Jack Campbell's personal shutout streak reaches 133 minutes, 27 yeah. seconds as he posts consecutive shutouts three weeks apart. Now, that yeah. was obviously given with an injury. So I replied, saying, you know, this would be interesting, interesting as to what Toronto does here with their goaltending situation. Cause, you know, do you ride with someone who is slumping like Freddie Anderson? He's, and he's actually injured right now. He's day to day. Um, Or do you ride with Jack Campbell who comes back and seems like he's doing all right, uh, shuts out the Calgary Flames who seem to be actually doing really hot, pun intended, under Daryl Sutter. Um, Mm -hmm. And then this guy by the name of James Blackley at Kingstonian84. So then he, he replies to me saying, what I think the Leafs should do is deal Freddie now and then acquire a guy like Reimer and roll with both the rest of the way. So uh, that's kind of bold because if we all remember uh, Reimer and the Leafs certainly didn't have a marriage uh, per se, you know, we all remember 2013 and then it kind of seemed to spiral out from there.
1: Yeah. You know, Leafs fans, I don't know if they'd love that move, you know, on a paper, you know, one for one level, but you know, they, they like Reimer in in Toronto, well, as you know, all the Leafs fans that are my friends, you know, they love, they love Reimer and they'll never say a bad word about him, even if, uh. You know, he, he was a part of that collapse. Um, but yeah, you know, going train for Reimer. I think that just really puts you behind the curve. I think with Reimer and Campbell, I, I, I'm not sure if you, if you have a Stanley Cup winning goalie there. Whereas I think Freddie, you know, maybe not Stanley Cup winning goalie, but I do think he's just, you know, their best shot at, you know, that number one starter. Uh, but Jack Campbell's been phenomenal. So I, I would like to see him stealing more starts from Freddie in the, in the near future.
0: The last presser that we're going to go over here is the Mark Bergevin presser that he did on Tuesday with the Habs. Uh, He basically said that he might not make deadline deals because of financial reasons. And if Mm -hmm. we remind ourselves, the Habs are tied up against the cap due to their offseason acquisitions. Uh, He said that he's going to replace Ben Sherratt from within the organization rather than go out Mm -hmm. and get someone. Uh, to follow that up he said that he thinks the injury will last six weeks which means that he believes shrub should be back before the end of the regular season he also said that Cole Caulfield could join the Habs at the trade deadline Uh, that's dependent on how well Wisconsin does in the NCAA playoffs so that's very exciting for Habs fans to see Cole Caulfield I know for me Uh, I've been following Wisconsin more so this season than years past uh, due to his hype uh, you Mm -hmm. know from the shot I see he seems like to be a pure sniper so if the Habs can get him going on like the power play uh, we saw Nick Suzuki shot short side uh, against Vancouver twice actually both Friday and Saturday if you could Mm -hmm. put Caulfield on the other side that's a lethal power play in my opinion.
1: Exactly. You know, he's saying he might not do a move, but if you're getting a guy like Cole Caulfield at the deadline, it's almost as if, you know, you're making a trade and adding, you know, a piece to your top six. I think Cole Caulfield, like you said, just absolute elite, pure goal scorer. And I think he will be that guy for the Habs. Uh, Hopefully, you know, maybe not even just on the power play. I'd love to see him playing with Suzuki, you know, having the two of them. I I think that would be a great duo and whoever you throw on the other, uh, on the other wing, I think, you know, is a recipe for success. Uh, As of Wisconsin, you know, it's, it's bittersweet for both of us because, you know, we want Wisconsin and we want, you know, our guys, you know, Dylan Holloway for me as an Oilers fan and Cole Caulfield for you. You know, you want them to do well in the tournament. But, you know, saying that you also, you know, you'd love to see them in a Habs jersey and, you know, Dylan Holloway might also make an Oilers appearance at some point this year as well.
0: I could definitely see uh, Dylan Holloway making his Oilers appearance before uh, Cole Caulfield does for Montreal, simply because uh, the Oilers are running the McDry unit. So that's basically, you know, putting McDavid alongside of uh, Sidle. And if you look at their lineup on paper, it looks really thin compared mm-hmm. to if Yamamoto is in the lineup, then they run the McDavid, uh, Dreisaitl, with Yamamoto, or you could pair alongside uh, Jesse Puyallarvi, uh with Yamo and McDavid. But, uh, you know, if Yamamoto is out long-term, I can certainly see Dylan Holloway uh, be playing before Caulfield.
1: Exactly. No, I can see Holloway coming in for Yamamoto. But also, I think, you know, he would just kind of come in. People would, you know, hype him playing with McDavid and such. But I think he would just, you know, settle into maybe like a third, fourth line role, kind of taking, you know, the James Neal role. Because James Neal, you know, he's a good player. Every once in a while, he'll score a nice goal or do a nice play. But he's just super slow. And I think, you know, having some more speed in the bottom six could really benefit the Oilers.
0: Speaking of elite goal scorers, Alex Ovechkin passed Esposito with his 718th goal for sixth all-time in NHL history. He is on his way uh, to, you know, hopefully catching Gretzky. Moving his way up the ranks. And if he does catch Gretzky, uh, I hope, hopefully, I will be there for that ceremony because that will be certainly something I want to see.
1: Exactly. You know, just in terms of Wayne Gretzky, you think all of his records can't be touched. And for the most part, some of them I don't think will ever be touched, you know, for the rest of, you know, the NHL's history or in the future. But, you know, OV, he's got a real shot. And I think everyone's just cheering for him each and every game to, you know, put one in the net and keep keep making his way closer and closer. We had another questionable
0: NHL Department of Player Safety interaction with Brandon Tanev that was assessed a major penalty for boarding Jared Tenorti. Uh, You know, I think personally, uh, as the play unfolded, it seemed as though Tanev was uh, kind of finishing his body check on uh, Jared Tenorti. It didn't seem vicious at all. Uh, you know, I didn't see... I think it was almost like a self-inflicted wound because, you know, with Tenori's big frame, he did get, uh, you know, hit and he wasn't expecting the hit. But, uh, you know, Tenori was just flipping the puck in, was probably going to go for a change in my opinion. And, you know, the way his body crashed alongside the board, uh, you know, I thought it should have been a minor penalty, sure. But a major penalty, I think, was too far.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Brandon Tanev. He kind of has a reputation of being somewhat of a pest, but anyone who knows him knows that he's a he's a really nice guy. So you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he wasn't trying to you know be malicious or anything. It was just an awkward situation, especially against the boards. You know, it's a tough call for them. They ended up going with the five minute major. You know, you could go either way in that situation, though. I I think. And
0: actually, Pittsburgh killed off that five minute major, which surprised. That surprised me for sure, uh, and. That was Dan Vladar's first career NHL win. Uh, He won the game 2-1. Very fun game to watch there.
1: Exactly. You know, my team, they'll appreciate the fantasy that Vladar provided for that one start. You know, it was his first career start, uh, even against Pittsburgh. So it was a little bit of a risk for me to pick him up that one night. But he ended up being, you know, just outstanding. Only one goal against in his first career game. We got some
0: trade news as Matthias Ekholm, uh, the suitors that I read were mainly Boston and Winnipeg. And like we have to mention again, like, you know, does Winnipeg do that? Because they've already had to uh, suffer a quarantine, like a quarantine with uh, PLD. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they would do that again, you know, that would be very uh, ballsy for Kevin show off to do that. You know, I I wouldn't think that he does another quarantine trade. Uh, If, you know, American teams trade, they don't really have to worry about quarantine, at least in Mm -hmm. my, like, I don't know, but I'm going to go with the assumption that they don't have to worry about quarantine. Um, But, you know, if the jets do get at home, like that's a huge boost to their already, you know, I guess you could say bleak defensive core. Like Dylan DeMello could probably be played on the, you know, bottom pair, in my opinion, uh, instead of top four. And then I would probably put Ekholm in DeMello's spot.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think the exciting part about Ekholm is he's got two years left on his deal, not just one. So, you know, he's a really solid top four defenseman. You know, he does a little bit of everything just really well. Um, And for, you know, both the Bruins and the Jets, you know, it'd be a huge acquisition. I think uh, Ekholm probably get straighted before the deadline, just, you know, Nashville season's not really going anywhere. And they can get a ton of value for a guy like that at this time.
0: Philip Roenick actually scored his first uh, goal of the season. Uh, You know, obviously it came a little while in, but Mm. it was a empty netter. So hopefully that provides some confidence for the kid. And he actually was going on a tear there. He leads the Detroit Red Wings with 18 points. Uh, so you know one goal 17 assists and I find that one of the more weird stats that you know your first goal of the season was an empty netter
1: yeah you know anything to get on the board you think uh the monkey off the back you know just happy for him to finally get that first one but you know you mentioned 17 assists that's nothing to you know shy away from especially on the Red Wings and if you're a defenseman you know Ronix having a really quietly good season you know just because he plays in Detroit uh and you know maybe this first goal can be the start of maybe a little bit of a goal scoring tear as well Another good news
0: uh, for Detroit is that they snapped Carolina's win streak with at 8 with a 4-2 win. So, you know, anything to boost the Red Wings there because, you know, it's certainly they haven't been having the greatest season of all.
1: Yeah, you know, just a win here or there just kind of keeps the players' morale up. You know, obviously the season's not going, where uh, you know, too many places for the Red Wings. So it's nice. And against a quality team, you know, it, re- it really shows some character. Four of the last six Dallas
0: Stars games, now this was uh, obviously uh, written on Tuesday, but at the time, four of the last six Dallas Stars games have gone to overtime. So I find that crazy that that's almost like a Montreal kind of scenario there, right? Where, uh, you know, you're getting you know the loser point, but you need to secure the two points.
1: Exactly. Well, yeah, with... Dallas, especially, you know, they play somewhat of a defensive style. So it's not a surprise that a lot of games, you know, end up in a tie after uh, regulation. I, I, I remember seeing last week, uh, Jake Ottinger, his his record I, at the time I saw it, I think it was 4-1-6. and six. Oh So like God. six overtime losses just look crazy on the record. Uh, you know, he's been solid this season, but yeah, they've been going to OT uh, quite a bit and apparently not getting a ton of wins.
0: And actually Tampa choked a 3-1 lead in that third period. And I believe, and actually the Stars won that game. So I uh, I think at least. Um, so, you know, very interesting there for Tampa. Um, and hopefully with the Stars there, they get some offense going because, you know, some of their players have been in a slump and they have dealt with injuries. Because I know Rupe Hintz has been out for uh, quite mm-hmm. some time and then he came back.
1: Exactly. He's just been in and out. You know, I have him on one of my fantasy teams, not our main league. And, you know, I get a notification every single day on his status. So, you know, health, you know, an important thing, especially in a season like this to be able to compete. And they're missing some key players. The Colorado Avalanche doubled up
0: doubled up on the Anaheim Ducks winning 8-4. to four, And it was quite a night for the Saad, Kadri, and Burakovsky line as they had seven points. So it's very hard to win when, uh, you know, you can't defend against one line.
1: Yeah, you know, obviously it's the Anaheim Ducks, but uh, you know, Colorado's just that team. I think more than anyone else in the league that can go out there and you know throw some outrageous number on the board with the guys that they have. Uh, you know, the notifications if you follow the Colorado Avalanche on any app, you know, will just keep flying in. I remember, and I know they were for me. Uh, you know, the fantasy team appreciates Burkowski as well. You know, we had a good week last week, and you know, mention all these headlines, you know, I'm I'm gonna bring it up.
0: On Wednesday, that's when the Buffalo Sabres fired head coach Ralph Kruger. The Kruger era is finally over, I guess you could say. Uh, Mm. A couple of games too late, uh, to say the least. But, you know, Don Granato uh, was named the interim head coach. And I expect Kevin Adams, who is actually a first-year GM, uh, to do an uh, an external research on head coaching candidates rather than look from within. And the favorite for me is Nate Lehman. And if we remind ourselves, Nate Lehman was the coach at the world juniors for the Americans and won the gold medal. So I don't know, maybe it's because he worked with young players. And, you know, the Sabres do have a lot of young players on their team, but I think Nate Lehman would fit their system really well.
1: Yeah. You know, Buffalo, you know, if you, if you don't know much Sabres history, pretty much, you know, Lindy rough, the best coach of all time for the Sabres and he was just so solid, you know, they, he eventually, you know, uh, I think he walked to go to the Rangers or Dallas, he left them. And, you know, since then it's just been a coaching carousel and it's, you know, been really frustrating to watch. So hopefully, you know, whoever is the next guy behind the bench, you know, can be that coach who finally, you know, takes them out of the basement that they've, they're kind of stuck in at the moment.
0: Ironically enough, speaking of basement, I'll use that because Jeff Skinner scored the last goal of the Kruger era. And as we know, really? he was stuck in the basement yeah. on the Sabres fourth line. So I thought that was kind of funny.
1: Yeah, no, it's super fitting that he he would be the one to score the last goal. You know, hopefully with the new coach, he can start to build his confidence up again. Just, it seemed like him and Kruger had, you know, a non-existent relationship.
0: Anders Lee is out for the rest of the regular season. He's going to have knee surgery, and I feel like that's a huge blow for the Islanders. Uh, You know, plays... Top six minutes, power play. He's the captain. Uh, So it's definitely going to be a struggle for the Islanders to find a hole for, uh, you know, Anders Lee.
1: Yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up, like, with who the replacements have been, but Kiefer Bellows and, you know, Oliver Wallstrom, they've been kind of, you know, taking the reins a little bit more, you know, getting those minutes from him. And it's exciting to see, you know, for Islanders fans, you know, just any new prospect coming in. You know, they haven't really had, you know, hype, for anyone, you know, since Barzell, you know, Nate Dobson's solid as well. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, recover. It seems like no matter what happens to the Islanders, they find a way to win games. And, you know, I, I think uh, first in the East Division, if I'm if I'm not wrong, you know, it, it, I think, you know, they're not going to be sliding far from that position. The
0: Rangers' entire coaching staff landed on the yeah. COVID list. Uh, and yet they still won 9 nothing against the Flyers. Not only did they win, but they shut out the Flyers. Uh, it, you know, it doesn't seem that big of an accomplishment when you're talking about the Flyers since they've been slumping. But, you know, to do it with, you know, the Hartford Wolfpack, which is their American uh, League affiliate, uh, you know, had their coaches come up and serve as interns. Like, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, no. And, and nine goals in two periods, you know. It was 0-0 in the third. Uh, just a crazy game. Uh, you know, Flyers fans, it's, it's been a frustrating couple of weeks for them, actually. Uh, and you know, I, I, watch a fantasy hockey podcast, you know, it's, it's called fantasy hockey podcast and you know, one of the guys, he's a Rangers fan and he doesn't really like David Quinn that much, the head coach. So maybe this nine, nothing win for the, you know, the AHL head coach, you know, may, maybe makes them look at firing Quinn.
0: Who knows? Uh, if I were the Rangers, I would certainly roll with the Hartford Wolfpack coaching staff, just promote them. Cause certainly it seems to work.
1: He's got a good resume so far.
0: And like you mentioned, the nine goals between two periods, seven of them came in the second period. And uh, the guy that was making the headlines, Mika Zibanejad, he became the first player to have a natural hat trick and score all three types of goals. We're talking power play, even strength and shorthanded. Uh, obviously uh, missing on the empty netter, but th- let's be honest here. We don't really count that as a goal in a way. Uh, and plus he had oath and he had three plus assists in the same game. So what a stellar performance by Zibinejad.
1: Exactly. And you can go back to last year, you know, when he scored five goals against the Washington Capitals. Uh, this guy, you know, maybe maybe he'll go on a little bit of a slump here or there, but, you know, you can rely on Mika Zabinajad to maybe put up a game of the year candidate every once in a while. And
0: thank you, Ottawa, because let's not remember, the Ottawa Senators traded Derek Broussard uh, to the Rangers, Inks, or sorry, the, yeah, sorry, yeah, the one, center's one. acquired Broussard for Zibanejad, my bad, but, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, another mistake by Ottawa, because certainly their core could have been Zibanejad, Hoffman, Carlson, but, oh, and Stone, and Stone, let's not mention, let's not forget that, but it's exactly. mine. So, you know, have, I not, so, definitely not the done. best.
1: Had they not have made that deal, you know, Zbigniewicz and Stone, that would be a lethal duo in my opinion. You know, they're both players that are elite offensively and defensively, you know, what could have been for the Senators for sure.
0: And that uh, Kreider, Zbigniewicz and Buciniewicz line had 11 points between the three of them. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, a superb night, one that, you know, none of us will really forget
1: yeah exactly you know nine nothing's crazy you know we i kind of hyped up eight four for the avalanche but you know getting a shutout regardless and being able to put up nine goals is just insane especially against a rival like the flyers are for the rangers
0: more trade news taylor hall like you mentioned could be traded by the sabers uh you know that's probably the least i guess surprising news since he signed a one-year deal however the flip side of that is the hall uh you know, I guess extension talks are, I guess, ongoing, I think, uh, you know, again, he's open to a mid-range extension, but to be fair, I think it would be really crazy for Taylor Hall to sign with the Sabres because of how bad they are. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems as though he's not going to be a part of their future
1: exactly you know like i mentioned earlier he's only made the playoffs once in his career and it seems like a goal for him you know he he wants to win you know no one you know no one wants to lose uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he does stay with the sabers and try to you know be a part of the core moving forward so I actually got an update on this next note here.
0: Uh, on Thursday, there was news coming out about Kirby Doc returning to the Blackhawks lineup. He was actually a full participant in practice today. So, uh, you know, he, he's certainly coming back uh, closer than we thought. I thought he was going to be out for the whole season, but, you know, it seems as though he's going to make his return eventually. And what a boost that would be for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks.
1: Yeah, Kirby Dock, you know, he he had a, you know, a solid rookie season last year. No crazy numbers, but, you know, it was in the playoffs against Edmonton where he kind of really proved that he was deserved of that third overall pick. You know, lots of hype going into the World Junior Tournament. Supposed to be captain for Canada, unfortunately, getting that injury versus Russia. I think everyone just wants to see him back on the ice because, you know, he, he's got a lot to prove. And I think, you know, he's an incredible talent that, you know, we want to be seeing play. Jamie Drysdale made
0: his NHL debut alongside, or well, not alongside, but uh, him and Zegras uh, got their first NHL points. And you know, I guess I, I'm not too sure. Did uh, did Drysdale score that first goal? I don't know because it seemed to be tipped. Uh, it went to Max Jones, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, I think it went to Max Jones originally, but I think upon further review, I think it ended up going to Drysdale. So him and Zegras able to get their first career goals in the same game. You know, uh, you know, future. Not super bright, but, you know, at at least you got those two pieces, you know, to build off of for the Anaheim Ducks.
0: And finally, Gibson, uh, you know, Gibson's injured right now, but finally he sees the future upon him. You know, it seemed Mm -hmm. bleak for uh, the Ducks there while he was playing. Uh, You know, I think he's in his fifth season. I I could be wrong there, but, uh, you know, Gibson getting help offensively uh, with Zegers and Drysdale. And man, they're going to be such a fun team to watch.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate for Gibson because it seemed like the Ducks, you know, 10 years ago, you know, didn't really line up with Gibson's prime. Uh, You know, 10 years ago, they were a solid team, you know, with uh, Hill, uh, Hiller and, uh, you know, when Freddie Anderson was their starter. They did go to the conference finals one time with John Gibson. um, But, you know, hopefully he'll have another chance, you know, to make a cup run just because he's an incredible goalie. And since the
0: Blackhawks have made such a surprising push for the playoffs, they are not looking for rentals at the deadlines. They will just, I guess, continue with their so-called rebuild, even though they kind of faked everyone out of that. Uh, So, you know, we're just going to see the same Blackhawks that we've been seeing all year long.
1: Yeah, I think they're in a state of mind where it's like, you know, if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. I don't think they're too, too focused on the rebuild, nor do I think they're too, too focused on, you know, competing for the Stanley Cup, just kind of in the middle. And we'll see in the coming years, you know, how their course starts to shape up after the uh, Kane and Taves era.
0: And the Flyers' goaltending problem still remains because they got goal support. Um, you know, they went 3-2 against the Islanders, and the Islanders' uh, win streak actually got snapped there, I think, at nine games. Uh, but, you know, it's, that goaltending problem for the Philadelphia Flyers still remains... Uh, you know, Carter Hart, he's 22 years old. So you can see that maybe there was too much pressure that was put on him.
1: Yeah, you know, he came in and people expected him to be good, but not as good as he really was, you know, in his first two seasons, he was incredible. And, you know, especially last year, you know, in the playoffs, when he was going head to head against Carey Price, you know, everyone kind of knew at that point that, you know, Carter Hart was an elite goalie. And this year, he hasn't really been putting up elite numbers. So, you know, an off year is bound to happen and maybe it's good that it's happening early in early in his career. We spoke
0: about the Panthers goaltending. Well, you know, the Predators actually snapped the Panthers win streak at four games. Uh, and, you know, Bobrovsky is heating up. Him and Drieger are, you know, two great goalies and two stories to uh, follow along this season because Drieger's making like three quarters of the salary that Bobrovsky's making. So, you know, it would be interesting to see uh, what Florida does in the expansion draft.
1: Yeah, you know, one of them's going to go. I, I honestly think the strategy for them is probably to protect Drieger just because I don't think Seattle's going to, you know, take that contract on. Um, but I think, you know, the most interesting part of the tandem for me is they can get away with, you know, going 1A, 1B through the regular season, but, you know, who's going to be the starter come playoffs?
0: Vasilevsky won his 11th straight game.
1: This is just throughout the week. I had
0: to update this, but, you know, what an MVP season he is having. I think he's definitely uh, in the heart uh, trophy conversation.
1: No, absolutely. I think he's been Tampa's MVP. And, you know, if they have a chance to, you know, win the President's Trophy like they have, you know, in the past couple of years, I think Vasilevsky's got to be on the, you know, near the top of some people's lists. It's tough. You know, we've, we've only seen it to a goalie once, ta- one time in our lifetimes, you know, Carey Price in 2015. But Vasilevsky sure is putting on, you know, just incredible numbers and winning games for Tampa.
0: And since we are speaking about the heart here, you know, that's obviously the player that's most valuable to his team. So let's take a look at Curtis McElhinney's numbers. And certainly he hasn't been a very good backup this season. 316 goes against average and an 880 save percentage. And he's one on the year for his record. So, you know, I guess you could say that Vasilevsky should be receiving a good portion of MVP votes.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I'd like to see that. And I think, you know, between him and Flurry, I think, you know, if, if Leonard comes back and, you know, Flurry starts losing starts, I think Vasilevsky could potentially run away with the Vesna the way he's been playing.
0: An interesting news bit here uh, from Twitter is Andrei Svechnikov stayed on the ice after the 3-2 overtime loss uh, Carolina suffered against the Blue Jackets. And I think he stayed and it was actually an hour after uh, the Carolina game had finished. And, you know, he's kind of on a goal scoring drought, uh, only, you know, a couple goals in his last couple 21 games. And, you know, I guess that's just. His mentality is to stay on the ice after the game, get his fr- get his frustration out, uh, and hopefully he'll start putting pucks in the back of the net more.
1: Yeah, it's like a Stefan Diggs moment watching the Chiefs celebrate. Um, you know, Svechnikov had, uh, I think. Th- 37 points, uh, 20 goals, 17 assists, something like that in his rookie year. And then last year, he just kind of came and completely exploded. This year, maybe a little bit more down to earth. I still think he's an elite player, uh, but, you know, only two goals in his last 21 like you have here. You know, for, for a guy like him, I think he's got 40, 50 goal potential. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see how he's been struggling.
0: Colorado and Minnesota. So that was actually quite an interesting game because Colorado finished the game with 55 shots. And I think it was, you know, they had like a 20-shot first period. So that was wild. Una- pun intended, by the way. Uh, another thing that was really interesting is that the Landeskog, McKinnon, and Rantanen line finished with 10 points combined. So, you know, that's the first line. Then you got the Burakovsky, Saad, and Kadri line as the second line. And two lethal units to throw out there.
1: Exactly. You know, Colorado, only a couple of years ago, they were the laughing stock of the NHL. But, you know, just such a quick turnaround. And they have, you know, just one of the best lineups, you know, front to bottom, you know, every single line, not only these two, just the third and fourth line, and then every single D pair, you know, they've got solid goalies. I think, you know, Colorado is definitely, you know, one of the top teams for the cup this year, for sure.
0: Mackenzie Blackwood, uh, you know, got injured in warm-up, so that summoned Scott Wedgwood, who got the late start, and he actually did pretty good. Uh, you know, he made 40 saves, had a great game for New Jersey, and hopefully Wedgwood can keep up that play uh, to, you know, at least get New Jersey some wins.
1: Yeah, you know, they, they don't want to get into Buffalo territory in that East Division. Uh, you know, any goalie, Wedgwood, you know, Dell has played a couple games for New Jersey, I think, and, you know, obviously Mackenzie Blackwood's the guy that they want in that net. But, you know, if anyone's going to get in there and make 40 saves, I think it'll do it.
0: On Friday, we learned that the Bruins uh, games on March 20th and actually 23rd have been postponed because they have five players in the COVID protocol. And it's weird because their game on March 18th or 19th, uh, the first game against Buffalo, uh, you know, it, it it got played. And, you know, I guess there were some testing, contact tracing that the NHL did and concluded that, you know, the game should go on. But, You know, this is the second time that this has happened to the Sabres. We go back to the whole devil's issue. And, uh, you know, that just puts a black eye on the league that they continued with the game.
1: Yeah, you know, maybe if it was Tampa, the league would have stopped the game before it even started. Just so Tampa doesn't go down. But, you know, it's Buffalo, so they don't really care if they get COVID cases over there. Uh, (laughs) I'm joking, of course. But maybe, you know, this is what Buffalo needs, a little second COVID spark, you know, put them in the right direction this time
0: luckily uh you know the sabers don't have any players on the protocol so you know that's really good um but yeah like i I just i didn't like the decision for the NHL to continue with the game because it made no logical sense because if one player tested positive then you kind of think that you know Mm -hmm. more players are going to test positive since you you're around them so often
1: yeah it's weird and we had it even in the nfl season you know with Couple, couple, you know, Monday night, Thursday night games, obviously they, they got moved and such, but, you know, just games being played, even though, you know, there's still test results still to come in. It's, it's super strange
0: getting Malkin is week to week with a lower body injury so that's actually a big blow for the Penguins second line and I believe Jared McCann's centering that second line with uh, Kasperi Kapanen and I forget who the other winger is and I think they rotate Brandon Tenev in uh, actually at second line so uh, you know that's a big blow for the Penguins and a uh, hole that they desperately need to fill.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's super tough, and it's it comes at a bad time. You know, they were s- seeming to, you know, get things on track and, you know, potentially have a really good regular season, and, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how they recover from losing, you know, one of their key players.
0: Another loss uh, is Joey Dacord, who is out for the rest of the season with his uh, leg injury. It's a lower body injury, but it really sucks because, uh, you know, as a part-time Ottawa Senators fan here, I, I loved watching the Saints simply because, uh, you know, Decord was starting and, you know, he, he's been a highlight for me uh, this whole season. So, you know, hopefully he gets a speedy recovery. I want to see him back on the
1: ice soon. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, we've talked about him in the last couple episodes, uh, but he's been solid this season and it's tough to see him go out and hopefully he can come back stronger than ever.
0: And actually, you know, the Capitals uh, are on a hot streak right now. They're tied for first in the East Division. Uh, You know, they're 11-1-0 in their last 12 games. And, you know, Ovi scored uh, two, which extended his goal streak to five. But that was uh, snapped uh, on Saturday. Either way, uh, you know, the Capitals are playing hot hockey right now. They're on fire. So watch out for that.
1: I feel like they figure it out uh, uh, and now with Peter Laviolette you know they're, they're doing super solid and uh, I, I think they're going to continue this. I think you know at the start of the season a little bit of shakeups uh, but now that Ovi's getting on the board too you know he struggled with goal scoring a little bit at the start of the season but you know to go on a five game streak is going to help his confidence and uh, you know keep the Capitals rolling.
0: The Toronto Maple Leafs uh, you know they lost actually six of the last eight because they won on Saturday uh, you know shutting out the flames and it's been a tough stretch for them, you know. Uh, it, it does raise some concern, and it seems like, you know, Leaf fans were so confident that they had the division locked up. Now they're tied with the Oilers. Uh, so, you know, the first place in the North division is now back up for grabs.
1: Yeah, like... Uh all the Leafs fans, you know, giving me crap when the Leafs beat the Oilers three games in a row. Uh, It was at that point, I think, you know, uh, good karma was coming my way because the Oilers, since that three-game set, I think are one of seven of nine. And then, you know, the Leafs are clearly the opposite.
0: Leonard got the W as Vegas defeated Los Angeles. And uh, I'm not sure if you watched, but Leonard, uh, you know, there was a press conference that Leonard did, and he basically had to tell the reporters that, you know, he had to speak out publicly about his concussion. And, you know, I think people were kind of worried that, uh, you know, his mental health might be of an issue again. And, you know, I feel like that's kind of wrong in a way because he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt when he does speak out about mental health.
1: Exactly. You know, one of the ambassadors for the game in terms of talking about mental health, I know, you know, the players within the league respect him so much. And uh, I think the Master Ten is the award. I'm not too sure, but that's the one that he won a couple seasons ago. Uh, You know, just a great guy. And it is unfortunate that these assumptions are being made, you know, when a guy is going through a hard time as is.
0: The St. Louis Blues defeated the San Jose Sharks and ended their five game losing streak. And sometimes you need that little bump or you need that little, uh, you know, I guess bad team uh, to play against to gain your confidence back. And hopefully they can go on a solid stretch uh, coming
1: into the next week. Exactly. You know, it was Bennington's first win, I think, since signing his uh, six-year extension. Bennington's like a hot and cold goalie. You know, obviously we saw in 2018 how hot he got, you know, in that, you know, last stretch of the game, carrying them to the Cup. So hopefully it's a, you know, good win for Bennington to get back on his feet and the Blues can start winning some more games.
0: On Saturday, uh, you know, Braden Hopey got his got the start after 18 days of rest. Uh, That's almost a little bit too much rest for a goal, if you ask me. But, uh, you know, Demko has played stellar, so he deserves, you know, 100% of the whole net. Uh, This was just because it was back-to-back, and Hopi played solid. Uh, You know, no really goals to, you know, blame him about, but I guess you could say that he should be saving, uh, you know, a couple screenshots. Anyway, Montreal won uh, over Vancouver in the shootout. So Hopi uh, coming off of 18 days of rest, playing solid.
1: Yeah, no, uh, you know, 5-4 shootout loss, unfortunately, you know, lots of goals. Uh, but for Brayton Holtby, you know, it was kind of a split start, if not him getting more of the starts at the start of the season. I'm not sure if, you know, he, he was injured or whatnot, but, you know, with how good Demko has been playing, it's hard to not, you know, keep Demko in the net. But, you know, benefit of the back-to-back, Holtby's able to get back on the ice.
0: There was a major lineup change in the Leafs game. Uh, you know, Zach Hyman was demoted to the fourth line and Wayne Simmons was promoted to the first line. Uh, so, you know, I guess that work that lot, that move did work out in the end because Hyman scored, uh, Simmons didn't do much since it was only a two, nothing game, but you know, Jack Campbell got his first start since February 27th. And you know, like we've been saying, he shut out the flames snapped, uh, you know, a three game losing streak for the Leafs. Uh, hopefully, uh, the Leafs get on a roll here because this race for the uh, North division is going to be tight. It's going to be fun to watch.
1: No, absolutely. I think all the divisions, you know, we've, we've discussed, they're going to be exciting. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to put Hyman on the fourth line because he's the kind of guy I feel like, you know, a coach never has to have any doubts with him. He, every time he gets on the ice, he puts in 110%. He blocks shots, you know, he plays through injuries, just an incredible player. And I feel like him and Simmons play, a, you know, a very similar role in terms of their physicality and, you know, you know, kind of grinder sort of style, uh, you know, is interesting. And he ended up scoring, you know, even, even with the demotion.
0: Well, it's weird because, uh, you know, Hyman has really good chemistry with Matthews and Marner. So that that was really weird to see Hyman on the fourth line.
1: Yeah, maybe spreading the wealth uh, for Sheldon Keith, trying to just, you know, get all four lines producing. But uh, yeah, interesting move for sure. Derek Broussard got his first career regular season hat-trick in a 5-1 win over the Anaheim
0: Ducks. If we remind ourselves, in 2015 in the conference finals, uh, he played for the Rangers at the time and actually had a hat-trick in game six. So, you know, it's great to see Broussard get the hat-trick. He's not really known for scoring three goals in one game or known for getting uh, Mm -hmm. X amount of hat-tricks. But, you know, he's getting that depth there in Arizona, which they need.
1: Yeah, you know, we've mentioned Zabinajad already. And then, you know, we mentioned Broussard in the trade. So what are the odds that both of them, you know, make headlines? Both of them score hat trick, you know, within the same week. Uh, it's nice to see for Broussard, you know, I, that trade to the Senators, he, he had a solid stint with the Senators, you know, making the conference finals in 2017. And then he was a deadline rental uh, in 2018 to the Penguins. And that's kind of just, you know, where his career took a little bit of a slip. Uh, He's bounced around a bit, been on a lot of different teams on the Islanders. He was on the avalanche briefly. I think the Panthers for like a couple minutes, you know, at the deadline, he got flipped twice. But, you know, it's just nice to see him scoring three goals no matter who he's playing for. The Habs snapped two curses in one night, two birds with one
0: stone. Uh, Mm -hmm. The first one was with the reverse retro. They were winless. Uh, you know, wearing that jersey, and actually, they they finally won past regulation. They're one in nine past regulation. So hopefully, that brings good, uh, you know, karma to them. Hopefully, that brings some good times because having nine loser points, uh, it definitely sucks. And it seems as though they're going to make the playoffs based off that.
1: Yeah, you know, nine loser points, still nine points, but obviously, you know, you want to have a better success rate, you know, when when the game goes to overtime, just because, you know, when you can, if you can win those games more than you lose them, it's going to put you at an advantage. Uh, at the start of the season, the Habs, I remember probably 10 games in, people were saying, you know, the Habs, they have no regulation losses yet. Uh, and then people, people, I guess they weren't focused too, too much that what happened, what wasn't happening in regulation, uh, but good for them to be able to get on the, get on the board in the reverse retros and in uh, regulation.
0: The Rangers snapped the Capitals seven game win streak and obviously the goal streak for Alex Ovechkin stopped at five games. But like we've been mentioning, the Rangers are playing some of their hot some of their hottest hockey and it's coming at the perfect time as we're entering the second frame of this uh, shortened season. And I'm certainly excited to see how well uh, the Rangers do because, you know, Georgiev and Shesterkin are out right now, I think. So Kincaid's getting going to get most of the starts. And someone who hasn't played uh, the majority of the season, right, like their third string goalie on the depth chart is getting most starts.
1: Yeah, you know, it's good for the Rangers. And like you said, they're getting hot at the right time. You know, it seemed like they had a lost season, especially when Panarin, you know, had to step away from the team. But, you know, they were able to rally. And like we mentioned in a previous episode, they had a winning record without Panarin. And now you throw them back in the lineup and that just, you know, really helps your team. And it's going to be interesting for the Rangers to see if they can, you know, kind of replicate what they did in the second half of the season last year the Avalanche shut out the Wild and actually win their sixth straight. So, you know, another
0: hot team there. And it's almost like no one's stopping the Avalanche because Grubauer, uh, again, another goalie who's playing such solid hockey. Uh, You know, I think he has like 119 fantasy points in our league. So, uh, you know, he's one of the best uh, goalies in the league this year.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think... You know, there's just been so much, uh, like a lot of incredible goalie play this year. It's just he might be getting a little bit overlooked uh, just, you know, with guys like Vasilevsky and Fleury. But, you know, he, he's been playing incredible and a huge part of the success in Colorado for sure.
0: On Sunday, Matt Roy signed a three-year $9.45 million contract contract extension with the los angeles kings uh the aav is 3.15 mil a year uh, i think he's going to be a big part of their future such a solid defenseman playing top four minutes and from my from what i know he's averaging 19 and a half minutes time on ice uh, he only has seven points in 24 games but uh you know i think he's going to be a major part of their defenseman once uh, Doughty dowdy graduates
1: yeah, you know, a three-year deal, and it's not too expensive. Uh, LA's got money to spend. They're not, I don't, I guess, you know, with Kopitar and uh, Doughty on their payroll, they're, they're paying, you know, around $20 million for those two guys. But yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad contract whatsoever. And I think, you know, for people that don't watch LA Kings games, you know, Matt Roy definitely is a top four defenseman. And I think, you know, you know as the Kings maybe start to get more and more into a competitive team again, people are going to realize that Matt Roy is uh, as solid as his contract shows.
0: And LA still finds themselves within that, uh, you know, race in the West uh, division or, you know, the Pacific division, Uh, you know, they're five points behind St. Louis. So Mm -hmm. if they can get some, you know, string some wins together and get some outside help, uh, they're certainly, uh, you know, worth questioning if they're uh, sellers or buyers at the deadline.
1: Yeah, you know, it's quite an interesting season for them. You know, their goalies have been solid and they've had guys step up, you know, throughout the lineup. Uh, They kind of have a blend between, you know, veterans, you know, you got guys like Kopitar, Dustin Brown, Drew Doughty, and then, you know, the young guys coming in, stepping in and making an impact, Uh, you know, even though their number two pick is playing in the AHL.
0: I agree. And, you know, to build off your goalie point there, Cal Peterson has been huge for them. I think he's going to be the goalie of the future for sure. 2.54 goes against average in a 9.22 save percentage. He's, nine, he's 5, 6, and 4, sorry. Uh, but, you know, the LA Kings actually ended the Golden Knights winning streak at five games on Sunday. So hopefully they're using that momentum to carry them into the next week.
1: Yeah, for any right-handed goalies out there, Cal Peterson, uh, he his glove is the uh, right hand. So, you know, definitely an interesting thing to see on the ice. Looks a little awkward, but, you know, he's able to make those saves, uh, you know, 9.22 or 0.922 save percentage and, you know, incredible numbers. And he was good last year. They they were one of the hottest teams I remember before the pause. I think they were on like a, you know, they won eight of their last ten And then, you know, obviously they weren't good enough to make the bubble. But, you know, yeah, definitely a solid pitch for the future uh, in Cal Peterson.
0: I know that the Oilers submitted a plan for fans, but another Canadian team... Uh, I submitted a plan for fans and that's the Montreal Canadiens and their plan was to have around two to four thousand fans in the stands, hopefully all goes well uh, with COVID in Quebec and Montreal and that surrounding area for, uh, you know, fans to get into the stands because I know Canadian fans and Canadian teams are dying to see people in the stands, because American teams, you know, are are basically selling out buildings.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Yeah, it's nice to see that a Canadian team's finally getting on the board. You know, we've been talking about, you know, Pennsylvania, New York, uh, Massachusetts teams, just, uh, you know, getting these fans back. But it's nice to see, you know, someone in the North Division because there's been some fun hockey and, you know, no one to share the game with the players. Connor McDavid, more like Connor McJesus, he's hitting 60 points in 34 games. He is
0: hitting another level, or I guess this could be the same level. I don't know how you want to put it, but, uh, you know, I think he's going to finish the year with 90 points. I'm going to go under 100. Uh, I'm just saying that random number. I think he's going to get 30 points. I'm probably going to be way off. He's probably going to completely destroy me, but I'm going to stick with 90 points
1: yeah, you know, even 90 points is solid and, you know, a require not a requirement, but, like, you look at players and you look at stats and 100 points, you know, that's a pretty good season over 82 games and the fact that he has a chance to potentially hit it in 56 just, you know, shows how incredible of a player he is and, like you said, Connor McJesus, uh, my buddy Curtis, who I'll shout out here, was talking about how McDavid's been insane, putting up insane numbers and I said, no, those are just McDavid numbers. Obviously, as a joke, he's just been incredible and Seeing someone be able to put up, you know, junior like stats in the NHL, especially in the modern day is just insane. And, you know, Connor McDavid, you know, continues to just, you know, keep, keep everyone in awe.
0: And a series for both of us to watch uh, this week is the Montreal Canadiens and Edmonton Oilers series. Uh, You know, Montreal can improve their uh, race to try and get to the third position or even the second. And, you know, if Oilers win two of three, because they play a three game set, uh, if the Oilers win two of three, they could probably submit themselves as the number one team in the uh, North Division.
1: Yeah, it'll be big for them. You know, the last time that these teams played, uh, you know, they were much different Habs teams. I remember at the start of the season, the Habs pretty easily handled, uh, you know, the Oilers, two losses that were just, you know, no fun to watch. So it'll be an interesting uh, series to watch, you know, now that the Oilers are, you know, second in the division and the Habs are, you know, fighting to stay alive. And thank
0: God the games are in Eastern time, Uh, 7pm EST, uh, that's 5pm Mountain for Edmonton Oilers fans, but uh, thank God they're in Eastern time. Uh, I like the Eastern time games, they're a lot earlier than me trying to stay up uh, past 11pm watching Vancouver and Montreal, that was a grind. Uh, But yeah, uh, thank God Eastern time.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, when the Oilers were in the playoffs in 2017, uh, I was in grade eight and it was 1 a.m. And it was only the second intermission. I'm like, geez, this is the life of the Oilers fan, I guess.
0: Columbus and Chicago, speaking of playoff races, are battling out for the fourth in the Central Division. Uh, You know, it seems as though there's a battle for the top three, like we mentioned, with Tampa, Florida Mm -hmm. and Carolina. And then those two teams are kind of clustered to battle it out for fourth. So it should be a fun race to watch there in the Central
1: Exactly, and I think, you know, if Dallas can start to figure things out, you know, they obviously made it to the Stanley Cup Finals last year, they could potentially fight for that fourth spot as well, but it seems as if it's up for grabs at the moment.
0: And before we get to Pegs' prediction, we have to go over the weekly Pegcast Power Rankings uh, for from Zach Hogan. So let's get to it. Uh, at number one, he has the Edmonton Oilers. At number two, he has the Toronto Maple Leafs. At number three, he has the Winnipeg Jets. At number four, he has the Calgary Flames. At number five, he has the Vancouver Canucks. At number six, he has the Montreal Canadiens. At number seven, he has the Ottawa Senators. And personally, it doesn't make sense, logically speaking, why the Canucks are ahead of the Canadians because the Canadians dominated the Canucks. Like uh, we're talking the Habs went 6-0-3 uh, against the Vancouver Canucks this season. Uh, so Montreal, actually Vancouver, finished up their series. So Montreal will never see Vancouver again this season. Uh, so obviously Montreal should be ahead of the Canucks. Uh, the Flames, uh, you know, I think you know, they've been pretty good under Daryl Sutter. Uh, you know, they they played good against uh, Toronto, but they just couldn't solve Jack Campbell. I'm going to still put the Jets over the Maple Leafs. I'm going to put the Maple Leafs at third. The Edmonton Oilers deserve to be first. All right, They deserve to be first. That's fine with me. I'm going to put the Jets at second, uh, you know, Maple Leafs at third, uh, and I'm going to put the Habs at fourth. Call me biased, but, uh, you know, despite the overtime losses and, you know, the 9 pass regulation, the Habs have still been getting points to remain ahead of the Flames and Canucks. And then I'm going to go Flames as the fifth, uh, the Canucks as the sixth, and the Senators as the seventh.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I actually probably agree, you know, team for team with Hogan's list. You know, obviously, seeing the Oilers in first, you know, brings a smile to my face. So it, we'll see how long that stays. Um, but, you know, I, I think the Leafs right now, you know, they still are a solid team. But, you know, the way they've been playing, I don't think they deserve to be number one in the power rankings. Uh, Jets are solid as well. Uh, and then, yeah, other than Ottawa, I think, you know, uh, with Montreal, Vancouver and Calgary, you really could p- place them anywhere and I could see the justification for it. You know, just I think Vancouver, when Demco's in, is probably ahead of, you know, Montreal, at the moment, but you know when Holby's in, and obviously he was uh, when they lost uh, on Saturday, uh, we'll see. But I don't have a lot of complaints. Also, you mentioned that the uh, Habs and the Canucks finished their series. So, for all you fantasy owners, if you have Tyler Toffoli, there's no more games against the Canucks. So, it might be time to sell high.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Toffoli is set to miss uh, the whole Edmonton Dude. Oilers oh, yeah. three-game exactly. set. So, that's huge. Like, that's a big blow for Montreal because he's the leading scorer, if I'm not... Uh... For, yeah,
1: no, i mistaken. Full, full score, yeah, like percent But yeah, no, absolutely, that's a big blow for the Habs, and hopefully, the Oilers will be able to take advantage.
0: Uh, so, times for pegs' prediction. Uh, I went five and two last week, I'm not too sure about you, but uh, going over my predictions, I have the Devils over the Flyers, the Blackhawks over the Panthers, the Red Wings over the Predators, the Lightning over the Stars, and the Avalanche over the Coyotes.
1: You've been you like the Devils, you know, you like the young core. Uh, you pick, them, you pick them in a good amount of them. I, I respect it, you know, stay with them. uh, I'll, I'll go with the flyers, you know, just, you know, that's, that's my way to maybe get ahead of you, you know, so that, you know, we don't have the same one. Cause I think, you know, pretty much there's no, there's not a lot of disagreeing the rest of you. Cause I think, you know, uh, Blackhawks over Panthers, maybe that's a little bit of a questionable one. I'll go with the Panthers with that. Uh, Red Wings, that's questionable too. Uh, but, you know what, I'll, I'll jump on the wagon with you for that. You know, Predators, it's, it's fun to beat up on them. Uh, I'll go with Lightning over the Stars and Avalanche over the Coyotes as well.
0: Well, I should mention that, you know, I picked the Devils over the Flyers simply because the Flyers are slumping hard. So, uh, you know, given yeah, no, that sure. they're slumping, like, I'm just going to take the Devils. Like, I the thought predators. that was an easy one.
1: Yeah, but with Mackenzie Blackwood and such, I don't know. I think the Flyers are going to, you know, really bring their game and, you know, hopefully be able to rebound.
0: Well, I'd like to thank Nolan Thode for joining me on another edition of Down to the Wire.
1: Nice for having me, Pegs.